And we're back this week with our badass besties from Pretty Polly Production to hear more about concert planning gone wrong. All right, take it away. Ready for their set, as they should be, on time, which is great. Um, what's not, <laughs> which is not, what is not great is that uh, the direct support act is refusing to get off stage. The, the headliner is so big, in fact, that they're rolling with their own security. This dude <laughs> is built like a refrigerator could probably eat me and like <laughs> sees that I'm having an issue. I talked to the tour manager who, who's a friend of the company. And, and I was like, listen, man, like this is what's going on. He's not getting off stage. I'm trying here. He's like, all good. I got it. And turns I got to you. <laughs> I love that story. <laughs> He's like, all good. I got it. Just like whispers in his head of security's ear. And like, had a scary like <laughs> lightly just taps me on the shoulder motions me to move to the side he then gets up and like gets right in this dude's face and just <laughs> and and this is like basically on stage at the point the fight is happening between the, the artist and like the his tour manager has now become irrelevant like the artist is trying to stick up for himself and he's just so outmatched uh with this dude who is like twice as legitimately size. legit twice as size <laughs> instills fear in, into people he's 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 that's what he gets paid for yeah um and uh i mean though and i was just like i have no idea what's gonna is, are we gonna have <laughs> is blood like gonna spill fisticuffs <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh i mean i and like even even the security like the police officer it's a it's a state school they're standing next to me they're like they're almost laughing at this point because he's like yeah they're yeah i mean like i'm not touching that guy <laughs> finally they get him off stage because um because it there i don't know i'm not going to say exactly what was said but it's like things things were going to go down outside you know like the classic yeah, yeah. shall we take this yeah flagpole three o'clock yeah. it was real like that they were like when you come off stage <laughs> i'm going to fuck you up like that's that's what that's what was said <laughs> i was like please please god just rectify this i was like can yeah. we all just get done and get paid and leave like this and the student there's a packed house and everybody's like cheering the headliner's name and i was like well you know they're asking for it can we just you know it ended up being okay but i was again added more gray hairs to my repertoire um, this was also just just as an aside this is also a show where i walked in and it was very i think it might have been honestly john the first the first show you did on your own i feel like it was so At that size for sure i walked into the venue and john had not i don't know if, actually i won't i won't blame you but the stage was in the middle of the room rather than at one end or the other yeah. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> that that stage can't be there. But if you know anything about production, like once the stage is built, like it's built, like you, you can't you can in theory push a stage if there's nothing on it. But there this was a full show. The show was built already. Not so in no, practice. There's no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> there was no there was nowhere to go. So it was sort of like john had been dealing and oftentimes shows are like this it's just like a laundry list all day long of putting fires out like this like oops i fixed it oops i fixed it oops I it's just like that all day long and then to have you know and and people think it's like we have a saying hurry up and wait in the industry where it's like you have these long lulls these moments where it's like there's been a ton of activity and then all of a sudden nobody's doing anything for like an hour and then all of a sudden boom more activity again so it's like <laughs> You have these moments, hurry up and wait. But that day was just like, hurry up, period. And so it was like all day long, go, 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 go. 
Plus it was one of his early shows. So the stress was amplified times a million. Plus I was there probably not being helpful. Just like what, like I said, eating popcorn and watching John struggle. Cause I want to see what he does. Cause I'm, you know, it's like Chrome into the fire. I, I spent my early career being micromanaged. So I try as hard as I can to not do that. I try to inform and then step back, you know, and, and sort of eat, and see what happens. Enjoy the show. <laughs> um, um, and, and, it's like, I will say from my perspective that John did everything really well. He used, it's like in a situation like that, you use everything to your advantage. We knew the tour manager for the other band. We knew the security for the other band. We, we went to them and said, this is what's going on. Can you help us? You know, it's like, we always say, it's like, never be shy about asking for help. But, but I think John, as he so wisely put it, it's like, the situation where it's like you're making the decision you're the bad guy you're the good guy you're the person in charge you're also the person not in charge like it's really not your show to be you know you sh like the school should be involved with this and so but they're dealing with a ton of other stuff that's why they pay us so um it's a really it's a crazy balancing act i think that was a really good description john the way you described the, the emotions of that yeah that was uh that definitely that was like hmm I have many, many stories, but that one came to mind just because it was one of the, one of the first times I found myself being like, oh, it it's it's me that has to make this call. <laughs> There's no. Oh, oh, it's me. OK, Rachel, I want to hear about uh, how it had, didn't go quite right for you. Yeah. Um. So I have two kind of like low key stories. Definitely wasn't uh, accosted um, at a show like John was. Um, but uh, so like I was saying before, I was tour coordinator for my ensemble EMA. And um, one of my favorite, um, one of my favorite things was writing the itineraries for our, uh, for our tours that we had like once a semester or whatever. It was like my favorite thing. I would go on this like ridiculous, like 20 year old uh power trip like and I would get up at our dress rehearsal and I'd be like okay everyone it's time to go over the itinerary um <laughs> but uh and I did my my due diligence I would pad the schedule so we had plenty of time there were so many there were like a, a couple different experiences that we had in years past where we were like late to the load in at whatever high school and like you know high schools work on their own schedule so it's like always stressful when like the bells ringing and like you're supposed to be going on and like whatever so I was writing my itinerary for um I think our tour was to Asheville North Carolina um this year and I was getting all my stuff together I believe I was a junior at this point and I like had a recital I was preparing for for the first time so I think I think I was just like overwhelmed um and like I would sit in my director's office her name's Ginny she's like one of my um one of the best mentors in my life I love her so much but she was the director for this ensemble so I would like sit in her office and like be working on stuff like while like working on the stuff that I should have prepared for the meeting that I was sitting in like just like sitting in on my laptop whatever working on stuff she would be making like hotel reservations I was in charge of getting all of the addresses all the contact information all the directions like that kind of stuff um, and getting them onto this itinerary. So I'm doing my thing. I'm looking up these schools or whatever. And the way that we would travel um, on these tours would was we would rent, essentially rent or reserve university owned 
vans and go at it like a caravan like and and basically we had the people van which just held a bunch of people in their suitcases then we had the tech van which i believe i was co-captaining with our good friend isaac Bates at the time um and uh so we would essentially have to be communicating like by group me i think one semester we tried to get like walkie-talkie apps or something and it didn't work um but we were like we would be like, what exit are you guys at? Like in our group me or whatever. So we're, so this is kind of what the the vibe is when we're on tour and caravanning across the Southeast together. Um, but I remember, I think it was the second performance day of our tour. So we, um, we had to get up early, grab breakfast at the hotel, whatever. Everyone was miraculously on tour. We corral everyone into these, into these vans and I'm like, okay, everyone, here's the address. It's on my itinerary. Like, see you there, whatever. Um, and then we're on our way, doing our thing, looking forward to a good load in, a good show. And um, one of the other vans gets to the address first, and it's the wrong address. It's the building for the Board of Education, not the actual school. Um, and I was just like, oh. Woof. I, I what I what happened was I Googled the school and just copy and pasted whatever the address was on the Google front page. I didn't I didn't cross-reference to double check I had the right one. Um so so anyway, I had to find the right address, send it in the group me, and then everyone had to be like, okay, let's turn around. We I I think we made it, I think we made it with plenty of time to to have a good show, but that's kind of like where it was like my bad and uh and it's still uh, an inside joke my my director Ginny brings it up very often and uh they joke about it lovingly with me so that's so that's kind of where it was my bad um the other story that I was thinking about um was um the second time that I was able to go to Italy with EMA um we are playing in uh the city of Andrea which is along the Amalfi coast of Italy, sort of in the south. Um, and uh, we were playing in this tiny town um, where the buildings were like so old and like no air conditioning or anything like that. It was like the middle of, it was like end of June, beginning of July, I believe. Um, so like we, we had to run around and make sure that we got our meals at the right time and we had to get our gear and we had to catch our buses, like all, all this kind of stuff. Like there were, I think we would have to go to artist check-in at like us, like an elementary school or something like that. And we had to put like our cases and our instruments in like a locker and just like leave them there with these like lovely Italian people that we didn't know, like to watch over or whatever. Like it was, it was, that's, that's kind of what the vibe was there. But there was, um, this particular trip was really special because my parents and my brother came over. Um, so they were there to like see us, um, perform at these festivals that like Elon has a long relationship with. And, and it was really cool. Um, and this main building, I think it was kind of like the city hall, essentially. Um, we were supposed to play a show at, I believe, one in the morning after some cool, like, European free jazz stuff that, like, none of us American 
listeners are really used to. So it, it kind of like, I would recommend going to listen to European free jazz because that'll just sort of like place you in the environment that we were in. There's like all these sounds, like there's not really green rooms or whatever. So we're just like in a side room where it was like a loft to the building we were just like sitting there like after being out in the heat all day not really knowing like what's going on and then we um my 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 parents and my brother were there so excited to stay up till 1 a.m to see us play that kind of stuff um this crazy cool free jazz is going on and uh we hear thunder and lightning um we hear thunder we see lightning going on outside and there were several different power surges that happen in this like giant building I think it was maybe like at least 10 floors um of like old European architecture like not necessarily as robust an electrical system as there as there is in some other venues probably um but um and, and I think in the room that we were supposed to play in, like the the sound mixer was just like on a cart in the middle of the audience with like cables all over. So like, and people were tracking in rain. So like, it wasn't, it wasn't like a great combination. And we were just so exhausted and we were like, why we're, we're not playing till 1am? Like what's happening? The thunder and the lightning continue or whatever. And I'm like going to my parents and I'm like, I'm so sorry. Thank you so much for for staying up late to hear us play like it was a big deal to me that they that they heard us and I was like well it's gonna be late but I think we'll we'll eventually have a fun time and uh, I really want this to be a great show like for my family because they came all the way here you know to hang out and have a lovely Italian adventure with us um and hear some music um and then um the power keeps surging it's really scary um, and then the, the runner of this, uh, music festival comes up to our director and says, the electrical system can't handle the lighting or, or the, the lightning and the thunder and it surged too many times. So we have to cut your set. And I was devastated. I was so sad. I was like, my parents are here. I'm not. And they were like leaving to go to another city, like tomorrow morning um and we didn't play for another like two days at this festival or something like that so I was so sad I immediately started crying all of my all of my friends sort of like like hugged me and were like it's okay we'll figure out a way and uh and that was like a really sad bus ride home to our hotel that we were staying at and it was like it was it because like not only had I just graduated college, I was playing in Europe with all of my friends. Um, this was a big deal because my my family had come to see me perform in Europe. Um, and then our our set gets cut. First, our set is scheduled for one in the morning. Then it gets cut and we have to go and be sad back at our hotel or whatever. So it, it was it was disappointing. The happy ending, though, is that. Um, the next day, my parents and my brother ended up coming to our resort that we were staying in. It was like this beautiful, um, like olive grove vineyard property, like completely organic, um, um, 
vineyard and olive grove and they made olive oil and wine there and it was like the most beautiful place I've ever been so we we just kind of played an impromptu show like on the lawn at this at this place so that my my parents and my brother could could hear us play um before they carried on to their next leg of their Italian journey um but yeah that's that's, dope. that's that was were they the only ones in the audience at this resort just your parents and your I think some of the other I think some of the other guests came by and we had like a whole crew of like uh like faculty and okay. and guests who were sort of along for that's the awesome. trip as well so yeah it was a fun time i think that's a great yeah pivot. all all the talk of of, of stories you know tough tough times that sort of stuff, it's making me think like you know are there any sort of like universal truths about like the events industry and like what sucks about it or what's great about it and you know i think like what we've been, it's like every it's everything is so situational and like you're dealing with these my microcosms of emotion and like you know even the show itself is just a tiny micro you know it's like everything is so compacted and individualized and specific that like as john said earlier it's like you don't really learn any other way in this industry except for by doing by being in the situation um but i think one thing that is universally shitty situation is cancellations i mean and it's something that we have to deal with regularly more more often than we than we care to care to choose it's it and they come in all different forms like cancellations can come well in advance of a show you know with plenty of time to book another artist and like it's nothing ever happened the only people that know are the concert committee and the you know the your your buyer and the administrators and that's it um cancellations can also come in the form of the artist being introduced which happened to us this semester being introduced and then canceling in that moment being like literally being late ladies and gentlemen artist x oh we're just informed the artist is actually canceled us i mean that happened to us the first time ever so that's the other end of the spectrum which had never happened to us until about two months ago it actually happened to john not me oh why is all stuff happening to you <laughs> you're know, a man. magnet I, I really i really do feel like it's, it's sometimes i'm like is, is this something i'm yes, doing it is. is this something that i did in past life um but but that, that i think is a universal you know shitty truth about the industry is like i think some of the worst moments in my career have come when the artist is canceling on show day and you're face to face with a client and you have to you have to deal with it in person face to face that's really you want to talk about testing your metal you want to see what you're made of do that like deal with a problem in real time with the person you know who's buying who's now furious like see how that goes see how you if you can make that like smoother or, or less bumpy or however you want to describe it like then you can i'm, I'm hiring but also <laughs> uh, happen uh, but 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 i think i think also another universal truth with which is born of these sh really shitty moments um is the fact that when you get through a show or you get through a moment or you know whatever you're trying to get through at the end of that you can you're like i i did that i did that <laughs> you know i really did that i really you know stuck with it or i really persevered or i really you know whatever the whatever it is that you did but at the end of it, there is always a universal sense of accomplishment. Um, very rarely have I felt at the end of a show like, fuck, I'm glad that's over. You know, it's like sometimes, sometimes, but 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 it's like very rarely have I genuinely felt like that. Usually I'm like, yeah, we got through that or yeah, we, you know, the audience was huge. I'm trying to latch on to something positive. Yeah, 
the artist only played 20 minutes, but they could have played zero. <laughs> you know, the, that's, I mean, really doing tricks like that to yourself and what that does, like, you know, what, what is, for me, what it's done, I'll speak, I'll speak to myself. I have a bad habit of talking in general. For me specifically, what it's done for me is that um, when I have, you know, it gives you experience and all the obvious stuff. It's like, you're able to handle stuff a little better, I think. But for me in my, from my professional life to my personal life, you know, when I've wanted to make a change or when I've wanted something personally, meaning uh, I'll use having a family, for example, I knew I wanted a family that was part of my life. That was going to be part of my life. I knew that was something that I, I wanted really badly. So I had to figure out how to make that happen in the context of my professional life. And, and, you know, I was in a sweet job, making sweet money, but the problem was I wasn't at home. And if you want to be, have a family, you need to be at home you know, LOL, ha 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 to procreate, but also to like, you know, to, to, to be there for your family and all that. Well, we're trying to be funny here. Are we? Is this, is this the funny podcast or no? Uh. <laughs> um, um, but, but to be there, I mean, to, to be there for your children, for your wife, for, you know, whoever, your partner, whatever's going on in my case, my, my wife and my two kids, I had to be there for them. I had to physically be there, you know, being on the phone or being FaceTime, it doesn't work. You know, it's like, you can, you can tell yourself it works and you can lie to yourself, but I'm sorry, it doesn't work. It just doesn't. I can, you know, like that is a universal truth. You need to physically, physically be there. I heard a really great quote um, from Nipsey Hussle the other day, you know, it said, how to, how to children measure love? How do children spell love? T-I-M-E. Time. That's how that, that's how I do it. And that resonated with me like crazy. It's like, I, it's like, you know, a, a lot of times I find myself worrying about like, am I the best dad or am I doing a good enough job? Or am I, is this the right thing to say in this situation? Or may, oh, I could have handled that better or, you know, whatever the reality is with me being there is, is I already won the battle. You know, it's like that. My, my daughter's not going to remember, you know, Oh daddy, you know, got upset at me for one second. Like she's going to remember like, man, we went fishing and daddy got off that podcast and went fishing with me. And what a nice daddy. Exactly. So it's, it trans, this stuff is translatable. It's like your professional life, you know, it's like, I try and keep my professional and personal life separate. I would not recommend mixing the two too much, but it's like, this stuff is translatable. You can take stuff from either or and apply it to your personal and professional life. And I think a lot of people, you know, my father, when I was younger said, Dan, I know a lot of people who are really good at their job. And I know a lot of people who are really good with their family. And I don't know a lot of people that are really good with both. So it's like trying to, I'm constantly trying to find that balance. Always, always, always working on balance. I think that's a really important word for me um, is balance and, and trying to find that, that middle ground. Um, whether it's in a negotiation or, you know, trying to go fishing with Layla. Dan, would you say that you're doing the best you can? I would say that I am doing the best I can. <laughs> Boom. Look at that seg. Yes. <laughs> she said the thing. She said it. <laughs> that was perfect. Okay. I want to wrap this up with the story of my first concert that <laughs> yes. I had to work. And uh, let me tell you. So I'm no longer a student. Like I am the staff member in charge. Why am I a staff member in charge at age 23? It's fine. And I'm like, you know what? Like I can do this. And so I no longer work at this establishment and I'm seeing the plans, like getting closer to the venue, the venues in a sports arena. 
And I'm like, you know, I really don't like this, this staging setup, right? So you have the stage in the back and then they were going to have wristbands for students to be able to come up to the, the stage. And then they had this bike racked in area of chairs also on the floor that you'd have a different wristband for. And then you had your tickets for kind of like the arena established seats. And I was like, you know, I'm really just nervous about these seats in the middle. But I just... I'd rather just have it open and more space. And I was told, you know, the chairs are zip tied. We always do it this way. Like I am told that this is how we've always done it. And this is how it will be. And everything will be fine. And I'm just like, ah, I really, I'm really just not a fan, but you know, I'm kind of vetoed on this. All right. So things are going and students are just in their rare form. And then I find out that I have some staff who have decided that students who basically like pout and whine and cry are given like old wristbands. And we're just starting to like wristband more than capacity. And I'm like, okay, well, these people are also like multiple levels above me. And now at this point, like, how do I find these people in this crowd that have the wrong wristband? It was the right color, but like the wrong words on it. And so security is just like, oh, wristband, you're good. Wristband, you're good. And so now this area is just over capacity. It's over and we had the opening act was just like a local DJ and apparently he had been DMing some um, sorority girls at the school and had promised one of the sororities that they could come on stage during his DJ set. Did he run this by me? No. Did he run this by anyone that worked at the institution? No. Do we have more than one sorority? Yes. And so now do I have like 60 women who are like well the dj said that we get to come on stage and oh look my at my dms look at these the DMs receipts she the had the receipts God, like you are using pretty but, poly yeah pretty <laughs> poly and this is the story of why you should and then the worst part is is now i have the other sororities coming up to me saying how come you like that sorority better blah 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 it's because they have this reputation and so now i just have hundreds of women surrounding me and I'm like no one is going on stage with this DJ so I don't know what the problem is and now I'm trying to like pull the other wristbands from these staff members that are over capacity the fire marshal shows up okay the fire marshal is here I know we have a capacity problem and I am just watching the students in the bike rack section and this is like bike racks it's not the really good like not going to move these are bike racks and they're all they're not in their seats and they are just pushing the bike rack and I am watching this bike rack go back and forth back and forth and security has decided that this is too big of a problem I bet you can guess the security <laughs> company and uh, they just step to the side like they let these students push the bike rack into the the standing space and now it is reminds me of like the lion king and like the wild like animals just running and and just just this herd of just like to the stage and i am looking at the fire marshal and i'm like we are about to get shut down and the headliner hasn't even gone on the stage i grabbed like five pairs of scissors and i gave them to staff and i was like cut the zip ties fold up the chairs get them out um my work husband as i call him i've never seen the strength come through he's like ripping the zip ties like with his hands the chairs 
apart, like all hands on deck. I'm like grabbing security. I'm like, you let this happen. You're picking up the chairs. And the fire marshal pulls me aside and says, I have 10 minutes yeah. to make this mess go away or this concert is shut down. And I have never worked so fast in my life. And we got all the chairs folded up. We moved the bike racks to the side, which is what I originally wanted was like no random chairs in the middle. And we just kind of made it a free for all spaced out. And he was okay with it because now there was more space. We had all our other things checked out. Um, and this all happens before the headliner even goes on stage. And our middle agent, nowhere to be found. Um, and I'm also being walkie that now our artist has arrived. So the artist wasn't even there for like sound check was like coming literally to walk on the stage. And the best part is, I'll tell you who the artist is because honestly, the artist was like, one of the best shows I've ever seen. So we have Flo Rida come in and Flo yeah. Rida puts on a great show and Flo Rida had asked ahead of time, he was like, hey, I do this, I do these few things and I really like to get the crowd involved. So one is he requested two dozen dethorned roses and he <laughs> wanted to throw them into the crowd for Classic. the song, Where Them Girls At. <laughs> so we got those two dozen thorned roses for him in his dressing room. And I'm like, that's fine, whatever. And then he was like, what I like to do at all my shows is I like to go on my bodyguard shoulders and walk <laughs> through the crowd. He is a big dude, his bodyguard's bigger. <laughs> like way bigger. Yes. Then to a Florida concert, highly recommend, but he, and so this got okayed, not by me. And, but this was going to happen. So now I'm seeing this crowd like out of control. And I'm thinking like, we have to cut this. Like he can throw the roses, but with this crowd like this, we have way too many people down there. If he's going to walk through, this is going to be a disaster. And at this point I'm told like, it's too late. He's already on stage. Like, it's just going to have to happen when it happens. Like he has his cue. We can't change it now. I don't think I've ever been like so scared watching a concert in my life. But um, luckily we were able to redirect him and we sent him into the seats instead. And so then all the students who were on the floor were like kind of pissed about it. But this dude was like on his bodyguard's shoulders, walking up and down the stairs, touching hands, like <laughs> girls were crying. Um, it was a time he put on a great show, probably one of like the best concerts I've ever seen. Like it's a whole lot of hits there. And um, at the end he did a meet and greet with everyone. Um, the people who planned it, not like the whole crowd, but he was just awesome. And then hopped back in his Escalade and like took off, but what a time. Um, so in that instance, it wasn't the artist that was really the issue. I mean, maybe the local DJ, but it was more of just like crazy crowds. And this is why you should use Pretty Polly because this probably wouldn't have happened if they were there and had my back. Um, but the moral of the story is events are unpredictable and we're all doing the best we can uh, with whatever situation. Is throwing Mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. When you started talking about the chairs, I thought you were going to say that they started throwing oh, the chairs. That's what I mm. thought too. I thought that I too. That. Real yeah. fucking terrified real fast. Yeah. yeah. Ain't that before. Luckily, we, we folded those up. They, we just really didn't want, they were trying to stand on the chairs. They really just didn't want the chairs there, which we shouldn't have had the chairs there in the first place. I will say a, a lot but, of problems uh, when you said, um, you know, the administrator said, this is the way it's always been done. And it's never, never had a problem. And that those are famous last words. That's if I can, I can tell you a hundred million times. I've heard that so many times. And then after the show, people be like, we need to change our policy immediately. <laughs> instead of, instead of listening to us beforehand saying when, 
we always ask why. Why do you do it like this? Even when people, because it's the way it's always been done. Well, that's not an answer. Why? Why is it done this way? And if people can't give us an answer, then we usually challenge harder. We're like, you know, you maybe need to rethink all of this. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you so much for coming on our podcast for sharing these stories. I know Dan needs yes. to go fishing I'm with his so daughter. Um, she's patiently <laughs> waiting. But this has been Dan, so Layla, much and Posty are going. Posty, what up, Austin? <laughs> We usually, we usually we usually play a little uh, uh, sunflower on the way on the ride out there. Dope. We got to get our fish, our fishing jams. What a vibe! That's our walkout. Song. Walkout. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Watch out, yeah. sunfish. Here we come, <laughs> pond. <laughs> Love it. Thank you guys for having coming us. To the dock right now. <laughs> yeah. This is super. This is so it's coming fun. to the dock. <laughs> uh, yeah. This was great. Thank you so much. Thank you for thinking of us. Yeah. Yeah. This is great. Dang. We get to exercise our podcast voices. Yeah. Have <laughs> you back. This was great. This was so entertaining. And now you're you're forever part of our We're besties. Damn. Yes. That's nice. When you We've don't, ascended. Don't forget <laughs> us when you're famous. <laughs> Not just besties. Part okay, of the badass, yeah. badass besties. All right, what, when and if you uh, get merch made with that. Yeah. Yep. we'll do a merch trade yep. we'll send you pretty we'll poly merch there. and we'll yeah. Yes. yeah yeah we're about that merch life for sure Perfect. we hate doing laundry over here <laughs> if you have a story to share email us at bestwecanpodcast at gmail.com follow us on instagram at bestwecanpodcast and on twitter at bestwecanpod new episodes drop every tuesday and remember you're doing the best you can and your best is good enough bye besties see you next week <laughs>